telling you, there's something about posturing yourself submitted, submissively before the throne of God. And that was just kind of the real sweetness of the Spirit in here this morning. We were just talking about Him. It wasn't about us. We weren't focused on the picnic. We weren't focused on on our issues, but just singing about Him. And there's just this bending of the knee. Whether you're standing or sitting or kneeling, there's just this bending of the knee of your will to say, you know, God, you are God. (laughs) You are God. And I'm telling you, you can be stiff-necked and rebellious and refusing It's to no advantage. And it's not because he's going to zap you for that. It's because his way works. We know his way works. And when we bend the knee in attitude, in heart, in reverence to him, acknowledging that he alone is God, all that harshness and hardness, rebellion, stiffness, fear, Shame, guilt. It's just gone. It's just gone out of here today. It's just gone. And I want you to know, as we worship in here always, you're always welcome to worship as you are free to do so. Obviously, you know, if you're blowing a trumpet in here, everybody's going to look. But, I, you know, worship Him you know, respectful of your neighbor, but at the same time, it's good to show worship. It's good to tell your body. I don't care who you think you are, body, pride. I don't care who you think you are. There is a mighty God in the house, and I will submit to him. So if you ever want to kneel up here, we don't really have formal altars. We use these stairs these stairs up here we've got people sometimes that come down and you'll just see them come down and kneel in the aisle come down kneel here Um, you're always welcome to do that because let me tell you if you've never actually bent the knee I hope my knees don't pop right now I haven't stretched today if you've never actually bent the knee in public I'm not asking you to do it today. I'm just saying, if you've never actually bent the knee and humbled yourself, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you. Right? Oh, He's good. And I I felt a lot of knee bending in here today, even though you were standing. And I, I know that God's doing a work. So thank you for entering in to praise and worship with us. And we're going to do exactly what we just sang. We're going to ask that his kingdom come and his will be done here today, even at the picnic. Everywhere we go, as we hear the word. His kingdom come. His will be done. Are your receivers on? Because we're going to talk about home. So don't get get cocky on me. We're going to talk about home and we're going to bend the knee. Amen.
Y'all can be seated. Lots of friends in the house today. That's good to see. Our worship team, y'all. They're, they're a worship team. They're not performers. They're, they're a worship team. And, and I walked in the back today and I saw several of the, the younger ones. And some that are in training, and I know Chase was up there training on drums, and Bryce was up there on guitar, and, and in case you're wondering where everybody else is, they're over there getting your food ready. So if you're wondering where the worker section is, they're over there getting your food ready. But meanwhile, God's got something for us. Amen? I'm excited about today. Please stay. Even if you don't know a soul, just go sit down with somebody and say, hey, is that good? It's a great conversation starter, and if you sit by my mother and she sees something on your plate and she thinks it looks good, she will grab her fork and reach over onto your plate. She's known for it across the nation. Many ministers can testify to it. She has eaten off many a plate, so, so do that. If you see somebody you don't know, hey, I think I can beat you at cornhole. You know, just great conversation starters. Stay, play, eat, stay all day if you would like. Uh, there's something I want to start prepping you for. First of all, if you came in the very front door, you may have noticed we have a security door now. And so you're going to open the opposite side. You're going to open the, if you're standing at the doors, you're going to open the left door. There is a sign, but I know you. In fact, when I tried to get out of here Friday after they had it all set up, y'all remember that video announcement of Kevin rattling the doors and the doors are locked? That's what I did. I was like, what am I doing wrong? I hit the button, it didn't open. I hit the button, you have to hold the green button down while you open the door to leave. We don't have you trapped. You can get out. The other door is open, the one next to it. But if you're leaving out the front door today, you can use the door that would be on your right. If you need to get the one open that's on your left, hit the green button, hold it down while you push. And uh, I had to ask the Holy Spirit for help to get out of here Friday. And we are working on bids and ideas for the exterior of the building. So uh, we're excited about that. It'll be a couple of weeks before we have everything in. Uh, we've got some visual material coming in for us to look at different ideas, different colors. Ladies in the house are excited. The men are saying, what's wrong with that white metal out there? It's been since 1985, that's what's wrong with it. So we're, we're looking at updating the exterior of the building. We'll keep you posted when the board makes some decisions. Then we'll, we'll get you some visuals up where you can see what's going to be done. And I think that you'll be really excited to see the update. So I just want to get you prepared. Change is coming, right? It, it needs to be done. Uh, but if we're going to do it, we're going to make it look good, right? All right. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, where we read from last week. It's been our foundational scripture for this teaching. We, we're calling it Foundations. We've been talking about home last week. We primarily talked about you. You as an individual. How are you alone? Because if you're not good alone, you're probably not going to be good with a mate, children, a job, hobbies, all the things that we add on to that foundation. So 
Last week we talked about how are you alone. This week I felt like God wanted me to talk about boundaries, foundational boundaries, and we're going to start with one in particular here in a minute. The Word of God gives us perimeters, if you will. It gives us boundaries to live inside of. Now, a lot of people think that that's bondage. It's not. It's not to limit us. It's to free us from everything that would destroy us. It's like if you cross over into this, it's going to destroy your family. It's going to destroy your peace at home. It's going to destroy your relationships with other people. It can even destroy your career if you cross over into this. So when God gives us perimeters or boundaries, if you will, it is not to hold us into something. It's to help us live in what he's provided for us. So please keep that in mind when we're talking about the word boundaries. And you can kind of tell our mindsets as an individual if I say boundaries and you bow up on me. Or if I say boundaries and it makes you feel safe. I'm not going to judge you. I'm, I'll judge me. I like boundaries. I like structure. I like boundaries. Uh, I was raised by Tom Underhill, so I had a lot of boundaries. And... Um, you think your parent was tough. My dad was filled with the Holy Ghost. So he, he knew everything. He was all-knowing. And, and I had boundaries, and I like that. I like to know where my boundaries are. I like to know the perimeter of things. And if you don't, then just start looking at it as a positive instead of a negative. I realize that some people abuse boundaries, abuse rules, and that's probably where you get that mindset. But God can take care of that as we renew our minds, right? Matthew 7, verse 24, Jesus is speaking. We read this last week. Therefore, whosoever, that means it can apply to anyone that fits the qualifications here. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded. And man, that word got my attention this week. For it was founded upon a rock. That word founded, if you got your notes off of the QR code back there, it's written in your scripture. That word founded means to lay a basis for, to make stable, to establish to be grounded. I think I put the word founded. It should be grounded. To lay a basis for, to make stable, to establish, and to be grounded. So if we hear what God says, what Jesus says, and we do what he says, then we are wise and we will build our life or build our house upon a, a sturdy, steady rock, and when the rain descends and the flood comes, when the winds blow and they beat on your life, anybody ever had a good beating in your life? When that happens in your life, guess what? Because you are founded, you will not fail. Your marriage will not fall, you will not fail. And I realize in marriage it takes two. 
Your kids will come through this. Your family will come through this. Why? Because you are grounded. You're not going to make any decision that's not based on the Word of God. Can the Word of God fail? No. I can fail it, but it will never fail me. So, rains come, winds blow, beat, beat, beat. We're going to be here and we're going to be standing when it's all said and done. Because... We did what the word said. Verse 26. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not. And this is the difference in coming to church out of duty and coming because you're here to take it home. And that's what this session's really about. That's what this whole thing we're doing on the home is, is about. What good is it if we don't take it home? If ever we're going to apply the word, let's apply it at home. That's, that's, where, that's our Garden of Eden. That's where we function out of. Well, I apply the word at my business. Yeah, but you're functioning out of your home. And if your home's not good, your business will suffer. Because your relationships will suffer. So everything comes back to this. We're not just here to hear the word. We're here to hear the word and do the word. Because the scripture says if we hear it and we don't do it, we're deceiving ourselves. Well, I'm going to church. I went to church. That's great. Take it home. When you leave here, do you have something that you can take home and apply? He does them not. He's likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Mass destruction. Mass destruction. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people hurting at home. We've got to turn this thing around. I've been there. Some of you have been there. And, and it's, it's destructive, and so, there's so many shoots off of it. When, when home is not good. It can affect generations. So let's just take the word and take it home. Let's, let's start. We're not going to go and do everything perfectly. Parents, do you know your, your children really do not expect you to be perfect? What they expect you to do is to love them and to try. Kids... They're all upstairs, most of them. I'll talk to the older kids. Your, your parents do not expect you to be perfect. But they do expect you to show respect and love and to do your best. Home should be good. Be instructed at church. Be corrected at church. Be encouraged at church. But live it at home. Psalms 127 says this, verse 1, short phrase, but so important. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Oh, you're, you're working hard, but you're just, doing, you're just working hard at the wrong things. You ever worked real hard, just been working hard at the wrong things? We talked, I think it was last week. Maybe it been Wednesday night. We talked about, you know, trying to chop off fruit but never dealing with the root. I think it was Wednesday night. If you missed Wednesday night, you missed a good one. We talked about forgiveness 
in a whole new way that I'd never studied it before. And, and I really am still gleaning from it. I got to take that home. We've got we to take these messages home. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Listen to this word, labor. Listen to the definition. Work to work severely and with irksomeness. Remember, we've talked about that word before when we read the scripture. To work severely with irksomeness. What a word. I had to look it up. I mean, I knew it was something irked me, you know, you know kind of what it meant. But, I mean, that was in the Greek dictionary. To, if you're not, except the Lord build the house, they labor, they work severely with irksomeness that build it. That means home has become annoying, irritating, exasperating, Causing weariness and disgust. That's what irksomeness means. So if we're not doing it according to the word of God, then all of this effort becomes annoying. It becomes irritating. It becomes exasperated. You're exasperated. Causing weariness and disgust. And you become disgusted. Disgusted with yourself. Disgusted with your mate. Disgusted with your children. Disgusted with your parents. Doing it the wrong way. So I can look at this as a little test. If I'm disgusted, irritated, annoyed, exasperated, and weary, my method's wrong. My method's wrong. I, I need to look and see what God, how God says to do it compared to how I'm doing it. Nobody wants an irksome marriage. Don't go home to your mate today and say, this is irksome, we got to do something. <laughs> it's not highly advised. But hey, babe, we can, you know what? I know it may take some time, but we can turn this around. I love you enough to do what the Word says. Probably they're going to love you enough to do what the Word says. Maybe, maybe not. Either way, do what the Word says. You do what the Word says. And let's allow God to teach us how to build it. And let's respond to that Word that we hear. The, the Word that He gave me today as, as a boundary to set for our homes is the word respect. I had a businessman uh, I deal with quite frequently, and we, we share, we both deal with people a lot, and, and I was talking to him, this has been a couple of years ago, and he said, you know, the one thing that really bothers me, and, and this man is a, a Christian, and, and a, you know, he goes to, goes to a good church, etc. He said, one thing that bothers me is with the people that I deal with in their issues, and their homes, he said, Christians are so disrespectful to their mates. And I'll just tell you as a pastor, that was a knife. Because I'm training people. And I really wanted to say, any of those RCC people that you're talking about, can I have a list of names? But I didn't, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't have either. 
But I'll never forget him saying that to me. He said, they treat each other so disrespectfully. They treat their mates. And he said, they might be very highly respected business people, but they treat their mates so disrespectful. Man, that really stings. And so when I was praying about what to talk about today on boundaries to have set for our homes, I believe that he wanted us to talk about not crossing this boundary in our homes. Of all places to live in respect with our neighbor, it's in our home. John and I were talking about this, I guess it was this last week, and John said, sometimes we forget that our mates are also our brothers and sisters in Christ. I thought, ooh, Love thy neighbor as thyself ought to surely apply the one that's sleeping in the bed with you. Let me say that one more time because I got way too few amens on that point. Love thy neighbor as thyself ought to surely apply to the one sleeping in the bed with you. Thank you. Really. And, and this is, you know, I realize it's a work in progress. I'm working on it myself. But this is what Three simple things, and y'all, these are so simple and foundational. But if, if we have a crack in one of these things or we're crossing a line in one of these things, it's going to affect our homes. The first thing we've got to have, we talked about this a little bit last week, is we've got to have respect for God in order to have respect for people. Respect God. We, we used Psalm 111 last week, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all, all who follow his precepts have good understanding. Guys, did you know the scripture says that you are to dwell with your wife according to knowledge? That means you can't just say, I don't understand her. I don't understand you, babe. I don't, I don't get you. Well, I have a scripture for you, gentlemen. You dwell with your wife according to knowledge. And what you don't know, you dig and you find out. Because you love her. Not only do you love her, you love God. You respect God. He told you that in the Word. Then you do a little study. Study her. Women, we'll get to you in a minute when we get to the book of Ephesians. I mean us. I'll get to us. Dwell with your wife according to knowledge. I didn't even write that down, but I... My guess is it's probably in Proverbs. Dwell with them according to knowledge. What a, what a statement. I don't understand her. Then get to know her. Ask her. You know how you get knowledge from somebody? You ask them. Honey, tell me why that bothers you when I do this. Babe, what? <laughs> And please watch how you ask the questions because women are very sensitive to how you ask a question. Men are too. Psalm 910 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you will suffer. Now let's apply that to the home. If you're wise in your home, your wisdom will reward you. But if you're a mocker, if you're a mocker, 
That's not good. You will suffer. Is that an F on that? Respect God. I'm going to do this because I respect God. This is what he says in his word. I fear God. A lot of people don't like that word, fear God. I like the word, fear God. He's God, I'm not. And if he says this is the way to do it, then this is the way I need to do it. I, have, I need to bow the knee. I fear God. He is God. He alone is God. So respect God. That's the first step in learning how to respect. Respect God. The next one is have some self-respect. And I know this culture, the world's culture, is into self-care. I want to change that word. And we did, we did a whole women's retreat on this in Hot Springs that we spoke at last year. We did soul care. So Try to skip that word self-care and try to change it to soul care. Take care of your soul, not your flesh. Because if you take care of your flesh, your marriage is fixing to be in trouble. But if you do what's necessary to take care of your soul, then that can include going and getting your nails done. That can include, guys, going out on the lake and fishing. I got your signal back there, Mr. Bryant. I know exactly what this means. That happens to be where mine is today. It was a big tournament he, he was already committed to. Soul care. Because you need a healthy soul to have a healthy home. You need a healthy soul to have a healthy home. So have some self-respect. No, I'm not talking about self-love like, like Timothy warned us about in the last days where everything would be me, 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 I, I, I. I'm talking about healthy souls here. Uh, Mark 12, verse 31 says, Love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, what happens if you don't love yourself? You won't love your neighbor. You can't. That's why hurting people hurt people, right? Naomi's going to help me preach. Go, Naomi. There's my amen corner back there. Love thy neighbor as yourself. You know, the whole key to this is finding our identity in Christ. If we know who we are in Christ, then we're not performance-based. We're not performance-based. We're identity-based. And, and sometimes people who try real hard are hardest on themselves and then they get frustrated with everybody else because they're frustrated with them. So we need to work on, if we're having a respect issue in our homes, we need to make sure that we are identifying who we are in Christ, who we are to the Father God. That's where the true love of self can come from. And it be well balanced and in the right place. So love your neighbor as yourself is dependent on how you think about yourself. And, and this is what... We've all learned about disrespect. When someone's disrespecting you, why, do they, why are they disrespecting you? Why are they bringing you down? To bring themselves up. And we live in a cut-down culture. We shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be. We're a building up culture. The church is to be a, 
an edifying culture, a build-up culture. And look, I know, you know, there's some of you here that you and I go back and forth and, and we mess with each other. And that's all in fun, but we know who we can do that with and it being fun and we know who we can't do that with because it's devastating to them. Right, so we kind of have to learn each other. There's people I mess with. One of them's not here today, but his daughter's on the front row. I I can mess with him, and and he can mess with me, and we can shoot stuff back and forth, just quick-witted stuff, just getting each other. But we've been together since, well, we were in youth group, and that's been a day or two. So we, ha- we can do that. But as a general rule and in our homes, we've got to be very careful. And this is one thing that I've seen. Parents cutting down their children. And it, you may think it's funny. But parents, until they can read the word and study the word for themselves, you are forming their identity. And if you tell them they're lazy... Guess what? You, you're, you're painting their portrait. And then you're mad at them because they won't get up and clean their room. You've told them for five years how lazy they are. You've told them they're chunky. You've called them fat. And you think it's funny... Because you know you love them, but they are dependent on you to build their image until they can build the image of God in them themselves. This is why it may seem like they love their coach more than they love you. You don't do that as a coach, do you, Mariah? Heels. The other coaches in the house. You don't, you, you, you encourage them. You bring out the best in them. You don't point out the worst in them. And I know I'm staying here a minute. But this, we're talking about respect in the home. And parents, we want our children to respect us. How about we respect our children in the fear of the Lord? He gave them these, he gave us these gifts These children are gifts from God. They are His. We have dedicated them to the Lord. And we're going to cut down God's gift. We may think it's funny. But it's not. If you're going to mess with them, mess with them about something good. And and help Build that identity in Christ. Build self-respect in your children. They're going to let anybody in the world talk to them the way you talk to them. And you would get mad as a hornet if you were at the award assembly or the basketball court and somebody said, Look at that fat kid. You're fixing to whoop somebody because that's your kid. But you say it, so your kid will accept them saying it, certainly if mom and dad say it. (sighs) 
I'm telling you, we got some good parents around here. I'm so thankful. I'm not saying you're perfect, but I'm saying we got some good parents around here. And the fruit shows. You've got some confident but not cocky kids. Kind, strong, know who they are in Christ. You're doing a really good job. So I guess that last section was just for those people listening on radio. Respect others. Have self-respect, respect others. This is all built on respect of God, self-respect, then respect others. You know, if we've got to find our identity in Christ in order for us to respect ourselves, then we've got to find their identity in Christ in order for us to respect them. If we see their identity in Christ and, and we correlate them with their creator, we will treat them better out of the fear of God. They are his. They're his creation. And even people that you don't get along with or that you may be having an issue with, you can still be strong and respectful. This is the balance this culture has got to learn. Don't speak disrespectfully of the president, the pastor, the teacher, the principal, the coach, when you're at the dinner table, when you're driving home from the ball game, the referee, the umpires. Don't speak disrespectfully of them with your children if you want your children to show respect. This is tough, I know, but are, we know the power of our words. Life and death are in the power of the the power of the tongue go with me to Ephesians 6 and when we read this we're not going to do an in-depth study here on Ephesians 6 today what I want us to pick up on today is the respect that's expected in the home from God Ephesians 6 First one, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. And the reason I'm going to do that is just sometimes we get so used to reading something in the King James that we just read over it. So out of the Amplified it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord as his representatives. That's respect. Your children should obey you out of respect. And when you ask your child to do something, you should not, oh man, you should not have to count to three ten times. We need to teach our children to respect us because if we don't, they will not respect God. If they don't, they will not respect authority. And so be careful with the I'm going to count to three, and you, you're going to count to three for 60 seconds. It should take three seconds to count to three. If you're going to count to three, when three is said, something needs to happen. Okay? So, children, obey your parents in the Lord as his representatives. You're representing God as a parent. If they're not going to obey you, they're not going to obey God. If they're not going to pick those toys up, and clean their room up when you ask them to, then they're not going to clean up in their lives what God asked them to. They're going to sit there and wait for God to 
count to three for 60 seconds? Or are they going to respond to the word of God? For this is just and right. Honor, esteem as valuable and as precious your father and your mother. You know what that is? Respect. That's respect. Honor, esteem, and, and this, this doesn't end at any age. I thought I'd at least get one amen from the front row. Honor and esteeming your parents doesn't end at any age. Valuing them, the ones who raised you, who worked to feed you, to clothe you, who taught you. And if you didn't have great parents, at the very least, they gave you life. I owe her for that. What do I owe her? Honor, esteem, respect, value. Your parents, your mother, your father. This is the first commandment with a promise. You can go back to uh, Exodus 20 and verse 12 and you can see that that is, of, of all the, the commandments, that is the one that has a promise attached to it. And you know what that promise is? That you would live a long life. And it's not because your parents would kill you if you disobeyed. But it's because if you've got good parents who are guiding you in the right way, it will preserve your life. There is a promise to it. I, I think that's very valuable that he, he makes that statement. This is the one commandment that I gave that has a promise. And that is that you honor, esteem as valuable and precious your mother and your father. That it may be well with you, that you will live long on the earth. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. That doesn't mean that they're always going to like you or what you said to do or what you did. But don't ride them like a horse. Don't exasperate them. Don't kill everything in them by being so hard on them. You ever seen those fathers? I mean, granted, you got to make a mind. But you don't nitpick them. And as much as you see wrong and correct, you see right and praise. And encourage and draw out of them the, the good things that are in them. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment. To resentment. But rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. We're talking about respect. Dads, respect your children. In the fear of God. Matt, you got a handful. He's got three girls. Twins in June. And then he's got Lynn on top of that. What a good dad. What a tender heart. But she can take those twins in Walmart or Hobby Lobby. In a buggy by herself. And shop with twins. You know why? 
Respect has been taught. And there may be times you have to leave the store. But it probably shouldn't happen more than a couple of times. Or you may have to leave a restaurant. But it shouldn't happen but a couple of times. Kids got bad days some days. But that should be the exception and not the rule. I always loved that I could take my children anywhere. Most days. And I love that I can take my grandchildren anywhere most days. Occasionally, it's just best to go home. Get the meal to go and go home. But that should be the exception and not the rule. Why? Respect. How they've been trained. Let's talk just briefly as we're closing. I said we're not going to exhaust this today. Let's talk about ways that disrespect is shown in our homes. Not necessarily your home, okay? I'm not going to say, like, hey, we're, you know, we're mouthy, <laughs> you know. And I, but I do think that words is one of the biggest ways that we show disrespect. But remember, disrespect's a heart issue. It's not a mouth issue. It's coming out our mouth because it's in our heart. Yeah. And so we got to go deeper to see why that's there. But words is one of the main ways we show disrespect, tearing Someone down, shaming. Please don't shame your children. Correct your children. Don't shame your children. Don't shame each other. That's disrespectful. Love covers a multitude of sins. Words. Even your posture can show disrespect. Because there's times you may not say something, but your body language is screaming something. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. We get a few yeses in the house. Our actions can show disrespect. Look, there, there's, certain, there's certain boundaries that we have in our marriages and in our homes that if we respect each other, we will not do that. Listen to me, church. Get pornography out of your life. That is disrespectful. I'm not going to sit up here and hound on it being a sin. I'm going to tell you that that is the most disrespectful thing that you can do to your mate and to your children. Besides the fact that it's disrespectful to the human being who's being used in that photo or that video that is a creation of God and probably in a very abusive situation being exploited for your sexual pleasure. Get it out! We deal with this all the time in the church because we're dealing with flesh in the church. We're getting it under control. We're crucifying the flesh, learning to live as Christ. I don't mind that we deal with it. Don't ever be ashamed to come. Guys, if you're a guy... Go to John. Don't come to me about your pornography problem. Go to John. Ladies, if it's you, come to me. We're not, we're not shaming you for it. But I'm saying get rid of it. Let's do what we got to do to get rid of it, church. It's a disrespectful practice. And don't think it doesn't hurt anybody else. You're killing your marriage. And you're killing your self-respect. 
because you will not respect yourself. You'll shame yourself. So if you've got a problem with it and you need help with it, we will do our best to help you with it. But more than anything, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray with you. If you need to be accountable to somebody, guys, see John, women, see me. You can be accountable to us. We'll keep it between us. We'll deal with it. But we're talking about respect in the home. Respect in the home. There are actions that show disrespect. Well, they don't know that I'm doing it. You're still disrespecting them. And we're talking about respect. Respect in the home. So our words, our posture, our actions, our lack of attention can be disrespectful. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with somebody and they're on their cell phone? It's like, hello, live, in person. (laughs) That's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. We have a disconnected culture that we're trying to counteract in our homes by being connected. Being connected is respectful. Our attention is respectful. If the Razorbacks are playing, you still have, well, you might want to leave the game yesterday, but I still have hope. You still have to be connected. You know, one thing that I actually believe was President Trump before he was president that I had heard about him was that as big of a businessman as he was, that if his children showed up at his office, they came in. They were not second. They were first. And and I, I practice that here at the office with, with my kids and grandkids. If my I mean, if I have somebody in my office with a personal issue and the, my kids can wait, they can wait. And, but I don't send them away. It's like, I'll be out in 10 minutes. And if I'm available, I'm available. You know why? Because my attention shows them respect. Are you respecting your mate? Are you respecting your children? Are your children respecting you when you're talking? Are they, hey, pause the game. Pause the game. I'm speaking with you. Pause the game. I'm in the middle of the game. Pause the game. I'm speaking to you. You know what you're doing? You're teaching them respect. And that looking somebody in the eyes and giving them your attention is a show of respect. Sorry, kids. Our attitude can show lack of respect. Respect is not just spoken is shown. I was going to go to Ephesians 5. I'm not. We'll save it for another day. I'll end with Proverbs 14.1. Ladies, the wise woman, she builds her house. She constructs it. She puts the pieces of it together. But it says the foolish woman tears it down Are you tearing your house down or are you building your house up? Because mamas, our mouth can fly really quick. We just need to think if we're tearing down or if we're building something, constructing something. Amen? Tough word today. Whew, I'm worn out. I'm ready to go eat some corn dogs or something.
Y'all have good homes. I don't care if you're a home of one or a home of ten. Y'all got some good homes. And, and you're here. And you're listening. Now let's take it home. I'm going to take it home because there's some areas where I'm disrespecting Rusty. You know, just my mouth. Thanks, Lindsay, for smiling at me when I said that. I'm glad you're with me, sister. We'll grow together. We'll get Stephen and Rusty together. They can compare notes, see how we're doing. You notice I taught this while Rusty's gone. It's that accountability thing. Y'all can tell him. 